I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to the Current Blue Podcast post-match reaction. I'm Dan Ronson, joined here this evening or this morning, whenever you're catching up on this show, by Matt Kendrick. Matt, internet problems aside, how are you? I'm all right. Just shouted at me to be smiling, but I'm hungry. I want me tea. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm buzzing, buzzing. It's um, Fortress Villa Park again, isn't it? Absolutely flying at the moment to Villa Park, aren't we? So it was, uh, yeah, even even when kind of West Ham threatened to give us a little bit of pain. Um, through a goal that came out of nowhere. Found another gear, didn't we? So it was, yeah, brilliant. Normal day at the office for Unai's uh, supervillains, wasn't it? Yeah, the um, the streak continues, doesn't it? Of my granddad not going to games and us winning games at home. That's, a, that's 11 games in the Premier League, at least, that Aston Villa have won consecutively, which is an unbelievable achievement. The points tally that we always talk about of Aston Villa in 2023 keeps getting higher and higher. Uh, Aston Villa's points per game keeps getting higher and higher. Ewan Emery has done an unbelievable job in just shy of one year in charge. Now, we might do a, a special show this week to kind of commemorate that one year. But just a, aside from tonight specifically, Matt, how good has he been for so far? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And it? it's still less than a year, given the, the mark that he stamped on the club um, almost straight away and then just shown no signs of, of letting up. Um Magnificent. Just feel really. Uh, and obviously, we had a, a former Villa manager there for Sky today, who very deservedly got a, a decent reception when he when he walked past the the North Stand. Um, but I feel really privileged to have Unai Emery as our manager. Mm. I know there's the always the argument: what makes an elite manager? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the threshold is, but I know that I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to lose him. Um, I think he's so crucial to to, to where we've come from and, and, and what we dream of being, really. I will say, for those that are watching this either on Sunday night or Monday morning, we are doing this as a pre-record because, Matt, your internet has been unbelievable again. For, for whatever reason, we're hoping to fix that soon. And as a result of that, we obviously do the Monday show every Monday. But because this will come out so late on Sunday evening, most of you listening to this now will be watching it on Monday. So Monday show will now be on Tuesday. And then obviously we play on Thursday as well, don't we, in uh, the Europa Conference League. And then next Sunday is Luton. So it could be a pretty big week for Villa, couldn't it, if we um, get something in Europe and, and beat Luton at, at home again next week, which seems certainly possible. Um, this could be a real kind of definitive week for Villa in their quest for the title, is it? Two points off top spot we are at the moment, which is barn after... It's a quarter of the season now, nine games in. So this isn't, you know, two or three games for Villa to be pushing up in the top six or whatever for the, throughout the whole the whole season. Beating West Ham this week and possibly beating Luton next week is um, 
this will be a really big week for us, I feel. Yeah, it is it is a massive week. I think we're really we're really yearning for our I know John McGinn did it with his last minute goal, but we're really yearning for our kind of European adventure to, to really crank crank into life. Um and it sounds horrible, doesn't it? And I hope there's not I don't know why there would be, but I hope there's no Luton fans watching this. But we fully expect to, to turn up at Villa Park. Probably fully expect to turn up in Villa, at Villa Park and beat most teams. Um yeah. kind of let alone newly promoted Luton. But um yeah, we seem to have seem to have I say seem to have got some momentum. We've had an international break, haven't we? So it's hard hard to say we've got momentum after after one result, but didn't seem any kind of rustiness today. Um mm. I thought it was pretty much obviously we had, we had to wait wait for the opening goal to come i just thought it was a routine victory and and something that we we've, we've come come to expect and it's been many years since we've turned up to to villa park almost yeah we're going to win today we're going to win today and that seems to be a, a feeling even cynical old me that i'm turning up every week or every other week and thinking yeah we've got the measure of of, of most teams at our, our our own ground now despite my prediction on the inside body more show so i'm going to be totally rogue and go for something completely different and say 4-1 to villa obviously <laughs> uh, i think i think west ham will okay. score but I, I, bag, I, I expect us to score goals probably not four in reality but for the sake of uh juicing the predictions up a little bit we're going to 4-1 villa and, and hope that i'm right of course so you're right yeah the bloke who sits a couple of rows, a couple of seats away from me, leaned over and gave me a tap on the shoulder when we scored the the fourth, and said, "Oh, your mate was on. Your mate was on." <laughs> I, I listened last night. I thought, "What's he been smoking?" You know, four <laughs> one. What's he on about? And I said, "Oh, oh God, his head's going to swell now." Then if I go back and tell him that, so um, yeah, yeah must have been fate. Uh, anyway, aside from that prediction, I was quite wary about this game to be honest we've, we've got a terrible record against West Ham I think it's eight years that we've not beaten them in obviously different sides and we've been in the championship during that time but you know the, that stat remains I think it was 13 years that we'd not beaten a David Moyes side it just felt like a bit of a bogey team it's got draw written all over it this fixture over recent years or, or they beat us but to play against them in the way that we did and not really give them a sniff besides that bit of a spell they had around their goal I really enjoyed that win and that performance against that that kind of side because for me that is like the the sign of how Harvilla have come. So I think when they did score and it goes to two one, I've seen and you will have seen many Villa teams throw it away at that point and crumble a little bit and their fans kick into life a little bit and we start to look around and kind of think, well, can we see this out? We kind of like you said, go up another gear and step up and and go. No, it doesn't matter. We'll score another one. And we'll score another one after that as well. You know, it's fine. We win at Villa Park. That's it. So that that game and that result is is a bit of a yardstick, I think, for how far, how far this Villa side have come. Yeah, I think it, it feeds into what we we were saying about Emery during the first couple of months of his of his reign. Really, that about control, isn't it? It's about trying to exert control over your opponents. Um, and you know, some we've said before, haven't we, that we've had to almost be re-educated in, in what that means in terms of possession of a football and, and, and slow slow build-up play occasionally. Mm. Um, but I, I, I thought when when Bowen... Did he, who did he clip? Was it Torres who he, who he, who he went I've, in off? I've not seen it back, so I'm not sure. I thought, are we going to have an anxious five or ten minutes here? And I thought, well, this is the time where we need to get Douglas Louise and John McGinn to, to put their foot on that ball um, mm. and actually calm things down. But in the end... <laughs> It was, uh, I think it was, it was McGinn's pass for for Watkins that that set him away. And you know, I, I know we're jumping out of order in terms of um, chronology now, but 
what a finish that was. You know, yeah, that's so good. You know, this this is this is me being really unfair to, to Ollie Watkins. I thought we were celebrating the the side netting rippling at first. It took me a so while to realise that it uh, actually gone in. But yeah. quality of that finish, the quality of the um, Bailey's fourth goal as well. You know, it yeah. was uh, really put the icing on the cake, didn't it? Also, being slightly harsh on Watkins, the finish was excellent. It, it really was, but you shouldn't really be scoring from that angle at the near side for the goalkeeper either. Like the goalkeeper probably should be doing better than that, but it is an absolute rocket. Uh, yeah, that was the, the pick of the bunch, wasn't it? The Watkins goal for somebody that is leveled out, that he, he's not a great finisher for him to score as he did on his, on his weaker side. Um, yeah. Unbelievable finish. And like you said, the Bailey one as well, uh, probably a close second for me out of the, out of the four. Um, but that Watkins one specifically, Again, because it's the third goal that gives us that bit of um, calmness, I guess, back into yeah. into the into the stadium. That's a big moment. That Watkins goal and, and big for him as well. The, the first half, the story of his game, I thought his build up play and everything was good as as expected. But it was another assist, wasn't it? Uh, and the the stat that's gone around this week about you know no player's got more goal contributions than him and it's only Salah or whatever the stat actually is. For him to notch up another assist and be part of goals even if he's not scoring them it is one side to his game and to come out in the second half and score score one like that as well pretty much a, not a perfect performance but not far off. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I think we're very lucky. Very lucky that we've got him got him tied down to a, a longer term deal. Yeah, now. agreed. I think these signs that he's he's getting better and better as a footballer. You know, the calmness of the assist, the the quality of the of the the finish for his goal today. I thought the one that he missed first half. I thought his first, the way he turned was 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 class. I think he just dragged dragged his shot a little bit. But there's a touch in the second half. I think was it a touch to Bailey, just a little yeah, round down Trinity Road, right on the touchline, yeah. little, little corner around the corner, and it, you could just see that that confidence. And I think I think it is improving him as a footballer. I thought there were signs today. I thought we probably it sounds silly in the first half. I thought we probably probably could have put them to the sword a little bit more. Him and Diaby, when you know we, we've got some real pace to, to counter attack with now, yeah, it was just I don't know. Like I said, I don't I don't get not, I won't get as carried away as you because I don't don't think it was three points towards our title charge. You no, no, don't don't take me out of context there. <laughs> no, it's lovely. It, 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 it's uh, I get a buzz every time I'm, I don't I drive, but I get a <laughs> I get a physical buzz every time we uh, every time I approach Villa Park now and that. For like I say, for a cynical old git like me, that that's an amazing transformation from from Mr. Emery. I only just got that bus joke then because I say bus, not buzz. But yeah, good. 
We'll talk about Douglas Louise in a second because he's obviously scored a couple of goals and will probably be the man of the match officially. I want to introduce a new segment into the post-match reactions I've not told you about. So here, here you go. This is your pre-warning. The unsung man of the match is, some, is something that I want to speak about each week. That somebody who won't officially get man of the match because they didn't score two goals, for example, but were a key kind of component to the side or somebody that will maybe go unsung a little bit in the praise after, after a win. Is there anyone that immediately jumps out as being that man? Ezri Cons is my unsung man of the match. I wasn't I wasn't prepped for this, but uh, I did think he I think he I thought he played really well today. You know, I don't think Antonio is the player that he was two or three seasons ago, but he's still no. physically, you know, he's still still a lot lot to handle. Uh, a bit of a unit, I think, is the official official terminology. But Conza, when he popped up for that penalty as well, you know, what's he yeah. <laughs> what's he doing there? I just thought he you could just see he, he seemed to exude calmness today as well. Um so yeah he'd be mine. Who'd be yours? I was gonna say Matty Cash was mine. I thought he played very well for half of the game on well for all of the game on lower trinity, but for half of the game he's playing right in front of me. Um and I thought he had a, a great game throughout pretty much. Um, but again, off the top of my head, I don't think he contributes in terms of an assist or anything. Um, but I thought he was pretty good all the way through. And Dean, to be fair, on the other side. But I wanted to have a different way of speaking about some players because you know we've just spoken about Watkins and uh, we'll speak about Louise now. Obviously scored the first goal uh, and the penalty as well. Have you seen the fisherman stuff? No, what's that? <laughs> so I've another side story. I've driven today. For the first time to Villa Park and, and yeah. back, I've never done it before. So I went on my own because my dad's ill. Yeah, well, so Mr. So, R. Yeah, so my dad didn't go and uh, decided against it. So because I've driven, I don't, obviously I'm normally a passenger on the way back. So I'm scrolling Twitter and catching up on clips and watching things back and stuff like that. And I haven't had a chance to do that today. But I got back about 10 minutes before you, before we came on this. So I had a quick scan through just to see like what the mood was before we jumped on. And there was a clip that Sky Sports obviously were there today and they posted a post-match interview with Douglas Louise and said can we ask you about the celebration it looks like you're into fishing so the celebration I, I didn't even really notice it at the time but it like goes like that and then reels a bit and he's like oh yeah I really love fishing like when I'm back in Brazil I love going fishing with my family so this celebration is like a nod to my family because I love fishing something that I absolutely did not expect to see after that win and to come on the podcast and talk about Douglas Louise loves fishing. You've, you've thrown me a little bit, mate. I, I, I knew nothing about the fishman other than the fact that I know he likes. Um, I know he likes nets this year. I don't never never knew anything any, anything about him to be honest. I thought he was brilliant today. And yeah, me too. You know, you, your man who's their goalie, Ariola, isn't he pulled off an absolute top draw save. That was, oh, that was going, the top corner. Yeah, it was going right in top bins. That one that that would have won him a prize on whatever the halftime game is now. <laughs> Doesn't cover himself in glory, does he? The goalie for the, for the one that he scored, but. I was chatting to a fellow next to me today about, and I know the different types of players, but Douglas Louise and James Ward-Prowse saying as much as, you know, you've got Ward-Prowse's kind of dead-eye delivery, if you like. I thought Louise bossed that game today. I, I thought he, he was like kind of the conductor. You know, when he wanted to speed it up, he did. When he wanted to put his foot on the ball, he did. I think he's, you know, and a couple of years ago, there'd probably been a clamour for us to, to sign sign Ward Pros, and we probably didn't realise the player. Well, I didn't anyway. I'm sure Villa fans were ahead of the game with me. Didn't realise the player that we got in Louise, but yeah, I think we do now because I think I think he's got a bit of everything. And obviously, you know, he's probably scored. He scored six goals, I think, five in the Premier. <laughs> he scored six goals this season, which 
I don't know how many how many he scored. He can't have scored that many before this season, probably seven or eight or something. He's got a bit of everything, hasn't he? You know, his delivery's delivery's good. He started adding goals. Like I said, I think he di- he can dictate the pace of the game. Yeah, thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. In the 2019-20 season, when he first joined, he scored three goals. In the following season, he didn't score any. Uh, in 2021-22, he scored twice. Last season, he scored six. And so far, in nine Premier League games, he's got five already. So he only needs one more this season, for like the remaining 30-29 games, to match his best ever tally for us, which, let's face it, he is going to do. This will be his best ever goal-scoring year. What can he get? Pretty easy to see him getting double figures. I think so. And he, he, Especially with penalties as well. Well, yeah, I think putting him on pens, and again, I'm in danger of jinxing this, but you don't think he's going to miss, do you? You think he's no, going no. to score every time he, he steps up. So I think, he, you know, if he's got five already in the league and six in all competitions, he's got to be looking to double that. I think he's got to be looking to get a dozen. I'd have thought, and and you'd back him too. Yeah, just an unbelievable player. And you mentioned Ward Prowse before, and I mentioned um, Bowen before that. They've got good players that, that could have been a threat to us. Um, Kudus came off the bench as well, who's a, who's a good player. Paqueta in there as well. And obviously a lot of physicality, which is something I was concerned about before the game. But their, their forward line, and, well, to be fair, a lot of their side being big physical lads uh, coming up against Torres, who's been susceptible to that coming up against Villa at set pieces with Ward Prowse's delivery that they can be out of the game but have a, a free kick you know, on the edge of the area and score out of nowhere because they're a bigger side than us. So the fact that we kind of say got away with that is is a is a plus. But you know we defended well as well, I thought, and, and Torres wasn't a talking point. You know, we're not coming on here saying, oh yeah, well, we played well, but Torres looked shaky against Antonio. Like He played well throughout and my any concerns I had before this game of West Ham being a bogey team or them being more physical than us were completely put to bed by Villa being the dominant side. I think that's it. I don't I don't think Villa really allowed allowed West yeah. Ham to, to threaten us. I thought thought we, we... I don't know what the possession stats are, Dan. But I thought we we dominated the ball for, for, with with my with my naked eye. I thought I thought we 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 did look in control. Um, I thought their fans were decent, to be honest, until we shut them up um, <laughs> one, two, three, and four four times. I thought thought they they had a decent away following and and made a lot of noise. And I thought, well, I can't mock them about them singing Champions of Europe because hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be celebrating in that competition as well. Um, but yeah, I thought thought the fans were decent. I thought the Villa Park crowd was it was another one of those where it was a bit kind of stop start. But when he when we were properly on top, it, it got going again. Weird <laughs> kickoff time, I think the the Sunday four thirty. So everyone's mad just me, but a bit knackered. And now you've got work got, and stuff. The got one arm work, now. yeah. Don't want to yeah, fully commit. I'm not I'm not a fan, but the way that the the broadcasting rights are going, we're probably going to see more weird kickoffs and less three o'clock. So get used to it. I guess is the is the 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 crux of it. 58% possession to Villa, according to BBC Sport, thanks to a quick Google. Um, just on the West Ham fans, you mentioned that they were decent, and I agree for the most part. Champions Europe thing is a, a little bit weird and annoying, but yeah, whatever, give it to them. I was hoping that we might come back with something, um, but I don't think they did. And this is something we can slag them off for. Is the Bubbles anthem the worst thing in football? <laughs> it's not the worst thing in football, obviously, but that chant... It's crap, isn't it? Don't you think? I've never really thought about it in, in any great deal, to be honest. I'm, I don't. I quite like bubbles, but I'm not. I'm not had a bath yeah. for ages, so not in me. Not in me bath. I have showers, by the way. I'm not. I'm not saying. Uh, okay, don't, good. 
don't don't go down the route of you talking about my tin bath again. I don't I don't mind it, mate. It's it's been there for years, so it doesn't. I don't really like why fans any of their songs. I'd rather just sit there quietly with their heads in the hands, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't despise it as much as you clearly do. Uh, it was nice that the, there was the Dino chance from the North Stand as he was. Um, I could could just about see him. I think. Like as they're about to come back onto pitch yeah. side at the end of the game, uh, he was getting a the, the Dino chant and Dean Smith's one of our own and whatever else, which was nice to see. And again, I've not obviously not seen it because I was at the game. But he interviewed Unai Emery before the game, yeah. which is like a weird <laughs> dream scenario. It's something I never thought I'd say. Jamie Carrigan, whoever the presenters were, and Dean Smith shaking hands with Unai Emery, asking him about the home form, which is it's just so strange. Like the ex and the, the current girlfriend. Yeah. Like, is that, is, that, is that not like is that not like an ex coming to do a reading at your wedding or something like yeah. that? Sounds a bit. It sounds a bit weird. That yeah, nice to see Dino there and. Uh, if he's watching this and wants to come on the podcast, the, the invite is, is still there. Um, is there anything else you want to want to talk about from the game, or are we are uh, pretty much done? Just Leon Bailey's goal, I suppose. Obviously, you know, yeah, nice. I've criticised, been critical of Tielemans. He got an assist in there, a little kind of threaded ball through mm-hmm. to Bailey. I'm surprised. Well, I don't know whether it's because they left him in space or whether his footwork was so good, but the way he made space for that shot and and and. and Stuck it away. I thought was um, yeah. I thought it was the it was a, a a great way to round off the game. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. I don't know, mate. I've done just. I've got to give a shout out to you've got. Have you got somebody called Steve? You need to shout out for. Yeah, but I'd be surprised if it was the same one. Is an older guy in the lower Trinity that bumped into me before kickoff. That he loved the podcast and uh, he knows Dan Bardell as well. Because I think he's son went to school with dan he's like oh, i love the podcast been watching for years I was like, oh thanks mate i said i'll give you a shout if i remember he's like it's steve and his surname obviously i'll save that um, and i said oh, i'm always terrible with these so i texted you and said shout out steve remind me later uh, so yeah steve thank you for watching yeah i've got my own steve as well who come and wonder to say wonder over to say hello near um smoky joe's so uh yeah he seemed like a lovely fella i like he, he genuinely seemed pleased to see me um if my family <laughs> gave me that kind of love I'll be buzzing to be honest, but uh, that's what I need. No, that's quite strange, sad. To boost my ego. Yeah, that's quite sad. I had a Martin as well come up to me uh, again. I texted you, so I didn't forget because I'm rubbish with this. And he said, uh, "You actually debated one of my questions on a on a podcast recently, and I appreciate you for doing that." So. I appreciate Martin for getting involved and watching uh, and everyone else that, that tunes into our stuff over over the years now that it's been and over the course of this season we, we very much do appreciate it and when we reach out for videos when we ask for questions and topics people that get involved help kind of fuel the show don't they so we're grateful for that and if your internet connection had held up tonight we'd have done this live and interacted with people and it's a shame we can't do that but Hopefully we'll start to find a solution in the future that we can do them live again because I do miss that like back and forth with the people watching. Yeah, I want to give a big shout out to a guy who's passed away last week as well, a really big Villa fan, home and away, a guy called uh, Dave Hodges. People listening yeah. and, and watching this will will know of Dave. He genuinely kind of one of those absolutely every single game. I'd be surprised if with the exception of the, the, the COVID break, he probably hasn't missed a game for, for 40 years and uh his kind of travelling partner in crime, a, a bloke called Bob Goff. Um, you know, you'd always see them together. And I know Bob's, obviously, as all, all, all Dave's family and friends will be, he's absolutely devastated. Um, but, yeah, lovely, lovely fella. Got to spend some time with him uh, in the past on Villa, you know, some of Villa tours like Hong Kong and Germany and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, God, God bless him. Holt in the sky, Dave Hodges. But, uh 
like I say, thoughts are with his his friends and family because he's such a such a lovely fella. Yeah, absolutely. And just as a, as an aside, you've unlocked a memory for me that the tribute to Bobby Charlton as well before kickoff. I thought it was was a really nice touch from from the club to do that, and the way that the whole crowd kind of serenaded him with with his song. Um, obviously, before before I was about to say before my time then and, and joke about you, but before both of our times. But by all accounts, uh, a bona fide slash bona fide. England Manchester United legend and uh, our thoughts obviously go to his family and friends as well uh, I'll be a real Mr Football yeah it's a, a afternoon we've been quite poignant aren't we we've uh, yeah. slagged off bubbles and now we're um, we, we, we <laughs> paying our respects so no, it was um, it was a it was a, a good afternoon at, at, at Villa Park um, yeah probably the the next post-match but mind you I don't, I don't know what the plan is for, for, the, for the midweek game but um I expect us to beat Luton. I don't think we'll beat them four-one, so I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to repeat your um, prediction, but two-nil, I reckon. Okay, nice. I'm glad that we're doing the Luton preview a week in advance. You never know, do you? Never, you, you never know what day, what day I'm going to be next, be next on. So <laughs> that'll do us, I think, for for this post-match show. We've covered a fair bit in half an hour or so. As I said, the Monday show will now be on Tuesday this week. We'll be doing a post-match reaction Thursday evening. I think kickoff's half five, isn't it, or quarter to six? So um, we'll do on Thursday evening, whether it's you and me or or whoever. Um, and we'll do one this time next week on Sunday as well. I think it's a two o'clock kickoff for Luton. So again, it was slightly earlier than, than this one. Um, so that's kind of this week on, on Claret and Blue. It's also the one year anniversary of Unai Emery. I think at some point this week, I think it was the 26th, I want to say, that he was in, appointed last year. So I, I want to try and do like a special episode for that, but I'm working on things behind the scenes that haven't come off yet. So if they do, it's not Unai Emery, by the way, before people get excited. It's, it'll be about him. It won't Imagine. be him. I know, yeah. Um, but if that comes off, it'll be interesting. If it doesn't, Salavi. It's one of those things. Matt, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you're still up on Sunday night watching this, um, we appreciate it. And if you're catching up on Monday, um, thanks you, thank you for picking our post-match content to consume. Like I said, we'll see you again on Tuesday and then Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your week uh, and up the villa. <laughs> <laughs>